Welcome to It Starts Within, a podcast from Platinum Performance, where we'll dive into the health challenges faced by veterinarians and horse owners alike. Join us for inspiring stories about the latest advancements in equine care, treatments, and comebacks. You'll hear interviews with elite competitors, innovative researchers, and the veterinarians that devote their lives to horses and the humans that love them. At Platinum Performance, we know the power of nutrition starts within. Hello, everyone. This is Jesse Bengoa with another episode of the It Starts Within podcast. And today we have a special guest. And, um, you know, I know that that it's easy to say that about everybody, but but Nick Dowers is with us today. And Nick Dowers really is a special guy, um, both in the horse training department, um, the show ring, and just as a human being. Um, and we're really big fans of Nick. He's been a friend of ours for a long time. He and his amazing family. Um, and he's had a pretty big last month, last year, last several years, and he's on to some even bigger and better things. And, uh, Nick, we're appreciative that you took a few minutes out of your very busy schedule this week to, uh, to join us and talk a little bit about what's going on in Dyer, Nevada and beyond. So welcome, my friend. Welcome. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I'm excited for you all to get to know Nick the way that we have over the years. And I'm just going to jump in and start to pepper him with some questions, his favorite thing, um, but there's a lot we want to know. Um, so Nick, let's start, uh, you know, let's start with you. Let's dig in, you know, what's your Zodiac sign? Do you enjoy long walks on the beach? That type of thing. We won't go that far. I promise. Um, <laughs> but I want to, I want to dive into your, your background a little bit because you live in a really amazing, very unique place. And I've had the benefit of actually coming out to your ranch and seeing it. Dyer, Nevada is, it's cool. I mean, it's very different. The landscape is amazing. And it's something unlike most people have really gotten the opportunity to see before. Um, and the lifestyle that you all lead there is also very special. And those things all wrapped up have really kind of equaled who you are and who you've become. So tell me a little bit about that and how the way that you grew up, the place where you grew up, influenced who you became, your training philosophy, um, all of the above. Okay. Okay. Well, like you said, I, I lived out here in Dyer, Nevada since I was just a young man. And, and, uh, my dad does a lot of farming and then we've, we've had some cattle here too. And, and so, you know, when I was a little kid, we just, we, we drove, I drove a lot of tractors and, and we worked hard and, and we kind of, we built, built what we have here today from scratch, you know, all in my, my lifetime, my dad and grandpa, like I said, we moved here when I was five. So 35 years ago. And, um, yeah, I've just been a part of, of the building process of, of what we have here. And that's been really special because I think that's given me a business side of things that as kind of, um, you know, you're not always a uh, accustomed to or, or get the opportunity to be around. So I, I learned a lot of business skills early on. I learned definitely the the value of relationships and treating people right and they'll treat you right. And with that comes opportunities and I scratch your back, you scratch mine kind of a deal. And just the, the power of your word being your bond and, and working hard. And I think that went right into my horses and, and just, just the way that I go about day-to-day -day life, um, you know, just real strong values and honesty and treating people right and putting in a hard day's work. 
Amen. There's something to be said for that. That's for sure. And, um, you know, I remember talking to Jackie, Nick's lovely wife, and it's, it's a different lifestyle out there. And I wish it's something that more people had the opportunity to experience because I remember asking Jackie, it's, it's very remote. Um, and so, you know, you guys are so close to your family, to your neighbors. It's a very small place. Um, but you really do, like you said, you rely on each other out there to, um, to get life done. And I remember asking her, gosh, Jackie, like, where do you go to Costco? And she goes, uh, probably Vegas. And that's, that's a little over three hours away. You know, that's, that's not, not a small feat. So it's something that most of us are not accustomed to, but I sure think that, um, you know, a lot of America, like I had the opportunity to experience when I got to see you guys in your, in your hometown. I think a lot of people would benefit from that. It's just a really special thing. Um, and it's beautiful. It's a breathtakingly beautiful place. Um, so, you know, you mentioned the horses, you know, obviously that's something, you know, that brought platinum and the Dowers family together. Um, and you've had some spectacular horses over your career. Um, was it always going to be the horse for you or were there any other career aspirations in there? Cause you guys do a lot of farming. Um, you did a lot of ranching. There's a lot of cows involved. So was it always going to be the horse for you? Tell me about your path into that. No, not really. Um, I think initially when I was young, I, I really gravitated towards the horses. I, I've always liked them. Don't get me wrong. You know, like I've, I've always, I've always had a, a deep passion for them, but it, you know, in a lot of ways when I was really young, it was just, it was a great excuse to get off a tractor and get to go out. And, and it wasn't even like it was work when I would do the cow stuff. It was, it was like a day off compared to just, you know, in driving tractor, just hour in hour out, you know? So it was, that was, that was probably the initial draw was, was just a nice release to go, go ride my horse and do my cow work. And, you know, from then it just, it just really kind of grew. Um, once I was exposed to the training side of things and I kind of learned how to get in their mind and get on the same page with them and, and get them to uh, kind of be a participant in what you're doing and, and come along for the ride. It was just, uh, it just intrigued me. And then with that, I'm a, I'm a competitive person and I, I'm a very driven person. So um, I just wanted to get better, you know? And so it started at a, at a local level. I just wanted to be able to, show a horse at a local fair and then then it just it just grew into well maybe I can show one at the fraternity you know I think I think I can get that done and then it it just grew and grew and with every goal we just kept checking them off and 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 the dream just got bigger and bigger um if you'd asked me when I was a teenager or even early 20s if I was going to be a full-time well not a full-time because I do the ranching but you know a, basically a full-time trainer um I would have said, you're probably crazy. You know, I, I would have said, no, I'll be a rancher and have some cows and, and have horses, but I don't know that I'll be a full-time trainer as well. And, uh, but I think, you know, just having the, the drive to get better and wanting to um, just always push the envelope of what was possible with horses um, just keeps me, keeps me going, keeps me fresh and, and it, and it hasn't changed. I mean, I still get excited about it. Um, and it's just something that's so unique about horses is there's, you can't master it. And, uh, I think that's what kind of keeps, keeps me going. I love that. You can't master it is, I mean, that is so true. And I think that any, any of us who are around horses are constantly humbled, <laughs> humbled by them. Um, and you know, you've had, 
so many incredible things um, that have been your life in between the ranch kid, Nick Dowers, and today where you are the newly minted NRCHA million dollar rider or National Rain Cow Horse Association million dollar rider. That's a huge, massive accomplishment. Um, congratulations, first of all. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, thank you. I mean, that's a, it's a big, big deal. It's a short list of people that, that make it to that level in this sport. Um, how does it feel to have earned that moniker? Uh, it feels good. Um, it's just, it's just another, um, you know, it was a goal and it's been a goal here for a little bit. I, I, I want to, I wanted to be a part of that group. Um, and it, it's good. Uh, nothing really changes on my end. Um, I still feel there's, there's a lot of areas I can, I can get better at and I'm going to keep, keep chipping away at those, but, um, yeah, it feels good. It, it, it definitely feels good. I, like I said, I never set out with the dream of being a, a million dollar rider. Um, I just kind of chipped away with it one goal at a time and, and here we are. Um, and it's always, uh, I can, I can honestly sit here and say it's always been about just pursuing the passion of, of what I love to do. And, and these, these accolades just kind of come, come with the territory. Um, it's, it's never really been uh, a mission. It's just been a wanting to get better day in and day out. And it's, it's kind of led me to where I am. No, and I mean, as, as our listeners can probably tell, Nick is a very humble person. So uh, not a fair question, but still, I mean, I want to acknowledge that because that's a, that's a really big deal. It really is. And it's, um, it may not define you, but it's something that is um, indicative of the success that you've had and the, the effort that you've put into it. And, you know, I want, uh, I want to ask you kind of a one-on-one question um, because we have a lot of listeners that join us from a ton of different equine disciplines, you know, some, some of whom wear tall boots, uh, you know, not, not areas and spurs. So um, can you give us a little bit of a one-on-one on the NRCHA? What is reined cow horse? So basically uh reined cow horse is we, we do the cutting and it's very similar to the, the NCHA cutting. You know, we, we have a group of cows, we part one out, we hold it, and we just demonstrate our horse's ability to hold and work a cow effectively. So that's that's the cutting portion in a nutshell. And then the reining is very similar to the, the NRHA reining where we run and we, we slide and sliding stop our horses, we spin them fast, we, we circle them and change leads and kind of do the reining portion. But uh, the cow work or the fence work is what really sets us um, our our sport different is we we let out one cow and then we box it we call it on the one end and then when when we feel that cow's ready we take it down the long wall and we get a turn each way or or multiple turns it just depends on the cow but we got to get a left turn a right turn and then we have to circle it a complete circle to the right and a complete circle to the left and if you've ever been to a cow horse show that it, it is so exciting to watch and um, and it's even more fun to do. Uh, like it's, it's unbelievable just when it, when it goes right. And the, the amount of speed and precision is, is just incredible that what the horses do do for us and just their innate ability to read a cow and, and, and do the things necessary to complete the task. It's, it's pretty incredible. It is incredible. And, you know, if anybody has the opportunity to go to a range cow horse show, I mean, everyone is up out of their seats, hooping and hollering and you go nine. Oh, I mean, it's almost a little bit terrifying to watch. And I'm sure that, you know, 
it actually probably isn't for you guys to do at this point. It's probably pure adrenaline that takes over, but um, it's amazing. And it is so very clear watching a rained cow horse show, whether it's the raining, the cutting or the fence work that, I mean, this is a partnership. Um, you, you have to be completely in sync with your mount to, to get very far in this sport. And they refer to you all as the triathletes of the Western world, um, because this is one horse that you're doing all of these three events on. Um, and like you said, it's hard to master it, but to even get to that level on one horse is pretty amazing. Um, you have to have some mentally resilient horses to be able to do that with a lot of athletic talent. Um, and it's pretty cool, pretty cool to watch. So you're, you're not only training, um, training a horse at home to do one discipline, they've got to, they've got to be pretty dang good at all three. Um, so with that training in mind, um, Nick, your, your kind of credo has always been performance with purpose, um, your philosophy, if you will, in training these horses, um, and anyone who's ever seen you train or compete can really tell that it's made a difference. So tell me a little bit about this, your, your je ne sais quoi, if you will, tell me about performance with purpose and, and what that means to you. Well, early on, I, I always wanted everything that I did to be purposeful and, and make it make sense to the horse as best that I could for what I was doing. So when I'm training my show horse, I want them to have a sense of purpose in what we're doing and why we're doing it. And I think that's where performance with a purpose come along. You know, I'm a real practical guy as far as with my upbringing and, and getting the job done and A to B that kind of a thing. And so I wanted my horses to have that same sense of um, accomplishment in the task that they do. And so I just kind of tried to develop a, a training style and, and, a, and a way to get things done to where they, they feel like they fulfill the task in the portions of the event that we do. Um, and so I just tried to keep it real simple, not a lot of smoke and mirrors, just Hey, this is this is the task we presented, and um, you know, yeah, it's 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 a lot of times the same the same task, different levels of uh, intensity, but the the task at hand is a lot of times you know kind of the same thing. And I I think once a horse learns their job and learns what is expected of them, then they can they can get that job done the best way that they're 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 gifted, you know, um, to get it done. And anytime we kind of try to force them through a mold or, or try to make them do things or, or just kind of grind it into them, it, it, it has a different look. And, and I strive to get my horses to, um, know how to fulfill the task, which lets them use their God-given abilities to the, to maximize those, to make it look effortless. And that's kind of always been the goal with, performance with a purpose and just keeping it real, you know, like, um, I, I try to keep everything as practical as possible. Um, just with everyday work and, you know, just letting them have a sense of fulfillment in what we're getting done. Yeah. I, I love that. I think if I could think of one word, um, and you just said it to describe dire Nevada, your ranch, your philosophy, it would be keep, you know, it would be real. It would be keeping it real. Um, and one thing that I saw when I was there is, uh, well, a few things, actually, one was these horses don't lose their minds when they leave the arena, you know, you let them be horses and they're just as comfortable, 
um, you know, taking a running sliding stop in the arena as they are chasing a cow through sagebrush and you're swinging a rope on top of them or what have you. And I think that's cool. You know, I think that, that that's lost sometimes these days and your horses definitely do have a purpose and they're allowed to be horses, which, which I think creates a pretty stable mind, you know, and more longevity. Um, so I really, I really love your approach and it was, it was neat to be able to see it firsthand. So going back to the horse kind of at the, at the real ground floor level, what's so special about the horse, Nick? I mean, why dedicate so much of your life to this animal? Um, you made him your partner in your career, uh, in your life. They're a huge part of your family. Why, why the horse? Uh, I don't know that I could put words to why, but it's just, you know, um, I, I feel like there, there's a certain amount of it where this is, you know, this is my calling and God put me in this industry and, you know, he, he's blessed me with some ability to do it and, and kind of the, the mindset and the, um, kind of the, all the things that I would need to be, to be able to, to accomplish something. And I, I just really feel like I don't, I don't want to squander that. And I, I there's, there's just a passion there that I, I can't really explain, but I know it's there. And I, I just, I don't want to squander the, um, the gifts given to me. And I just work really hard to kind of get that out and, and just encourage and, show other people that you can, you can do the things that I do. I, I'm not special. Um, I live in a place where uh, I remember early on people saying that, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to, to be a top flight trainer living where you live. And, and in my mind, I'm like, well, yeah, just watch, uh, you know, I, I will. And I think there's, there's so much to that. If, if I can be the example to other ranch kids or, or any, don't even have to be a ranch kid, but, it's just a matter of putting your mind to it. If, if you, if you feel like that's where God's called you to be, I think the, the sky's the limit on what you can accomplish. Uh, I think he's going to equip you with what you need to, to be as successful as, as you need to be. And, and if, if I can help open, open the, uh, the eyes and encourage people to do that, uh, that's, that makes me happy. Um, I love that. I love that. I think that, you know, it's a, it's an amazing thing when you're able to use those innate talents, uh, to, to really make the sport or the world a better place. And I think that's what happens when people, when people really focus on what they're, they're so good at, they're so passionate about, you know, what they're meant to do, which you clearly are. Um, and I, I mentioned family, um, in that last discussion, and I want to touch on, on your family because, your family is everything. Um, and when, when you get to see you guys in action together in, in dire, I mean, it's a few things it's practical because it takes everybody pulling in the same direction to get life done. Um, you know, on a ranch anywhere, but on a remote ranch. Um, and second, I mean, you're so tight. I love watching your family together. Your kids are incredible. Jackie's amazing. Your parents are awesome. Um, and you're such a unit. So you've had a lot of support throughout your career, um, but on the ranch, they definitely, um, you, you definitely don't wear a crown on the ranch, do you, Nick? <laughs> Keep you grounded. Um, but no, I just, I love who you guys are. So tell me about the importance of family in your daily life, you know, whether it's the ranch or in the show ring, um, that's a big deal. 
Oh, it's, it's very big. It It's so big. And, and you're right. Like, um, everybody around here is, it, it, it is a tight, tight group and, and we all work hard and, and everybody has their different passions and what they're good at and what, what they, they want to have done. And, and I think just, just having the, um, the support system behind you to let you fulfill your passion and, and, um, help facilitate that in any way possible from, from something as, as simple as, um, you know, my wife doing the books, like something, something that seems like it's not important is very important to, to the grand scheme of everything that goes on here from, uh, you know, what my dad does, what my mom does and, and just how we all work together for, for kind of the, the common good of, of everybody else around them. And it, I think, you know, when, when you just have that selfless mindset to where everybody's helping everybody, it, it just flows. And, and there's, there's a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of envy there and it, it can just really blossom into a, a great thing. And I think with our, with our values and kind of the, the way we're raised and keeping everything in perspective, it's, it's been a, it's been a awesome, it's, it's just such a blessing to be a part of it. So, and the horse bug has run rampant within your kids. Tell me a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, my, my oldest daughter, Tuli, uh, she just got into, she, to showing and she's wanted to show here for a while. So we, we set a goal and, and she showed for the first time at the Reno Snapple Lift Security. She showed in the youth boxing class. And that was really special to, to see her work really hard at something and, and be able to accomplish that goal of, of getting in the show pen and getting her first run in her belt. And I was so proud of her for that. And, uh, so that's, that's good because I, I know the work it takes behind the scenes and, and as much as, as much as it, it looked like from the outside that they would be given, given all the opportunities and stuff. And, and yeah, they have some opportunities that maybe some other kids wouldn't have, but they got to earn it just like everybody else. And, and they still got to develop their skill for them. You know, they can't, they can't go out there and be good with horses just because I can get something done. And so it's really fun to watch them work at it and develop, develop into their, their own little horsemen and horsewomen. And it's, it's really awesome. Um, you know, like my son, he's really into roping and cowboying and doing cowboy stuff. So to be able to go enjoy that with him now that he's, he's older and, and he can do a man, a man's work, a man's day work. That's really fun because it's, you know, you know, what, what more fun is it to go do, do the things we both love and to do with your son and your daughters and all that. And Jovi, she's into it. She's my little break checker. She likes to break cows for some reason. So when we're breaking cows, she's right in the middle of that and just loves it and loves to brand. And yeah, it, it's really, really awesome. So, um, yeah, it's, it's fun to help them work at something and develop into uh, what their, what their passion is too. So that's awesome. Well, maybe you've got a little veterinarian on your hand. If she enjoys wearing a plastic glove up to her shoulder, then maybe that's, <laughs> maybe that's her calling. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> and, right? Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. And Tuli's beautiful. So good luck with that, Nick. But, um, but no, I think that's really cool. And I love what you said about that because, um, they can have every opportunity just by physically being at the shows with you, but you can't earn it for them. And there's, there's no replacement for hard work. So I don't care who your dad is. Um, you know, when you get in the arena, it's on you. So I think that's, that's really cool. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, and that's just it. And, you know, it's, it's when they, Julie said she wanted to show, I said, okay, you know, this is, we're going to have to work at it and you got to put in the time or, or we're simply not going like you, you, you know, if you want something, you got to work at it and, and set a goal and, and here it is. And I'll, I'll help you in any way we can, but it starts, it starts with you and, and your drive. And I think that's so important to instill in, in children and people early is nobody's, nobody's going to come get you out of bed. It, it, it's gotta be you. Like nobody's coming. If you want something, go get it, and nothing's going to stop you. And I'll help you in any way you can. But um, I don't want to have to have to motivate you and and be be the reason why you're doing it. If you want it, I'll help you in any way you can. But it, it ultimately it comes down to to you and your drive and wanting to make it happen. Good lesson in life, right there. Um, I want to switch gears for a second because we've talked about the Nick Dowers in the show ring. Um, but how about the clinics that you put on? Cause you do quite a bit of teaching, um, you know, in, in between your showing schedule and you've done quite a bit to support your alma mater, which is Feather River college. Um, so what are kind of some of the lessons that you try and, and instill in this next generation of horse trainers out there? Yeah, it, it's a lot of the things we we've kind of talked about a little bit already, but, um, why not you? Why, why, why can't you do it? Um, I, I, a lot of times I have higher expectations for my participants in the clinics than they have for themselves. And, and a lot of times it's, it's just, just getting them to be aware that, you know, you're just as capable as, as I was at your age. It's just a matter of if, if you want it bad enough and you feel like that's where God's got you, get it on, let's go. Um, and just, just developing that mindset of, of why not me and having that with your horses and just having that. If, if you, if you think that way, I think all the other things just come easy. Um, if you go into it, horse training or life or whatever, with more of a, uh, like a victim mentality, it just makes it like swimming upstream. But if, if you think, why not me, then, then you celebrate the little things and you don't get down on yourself for the little things that didn't go right. You, you see them in a positive light and, and that's kind of, that's kind of my deal at the clinics. I just want to show them what's capable, what's possible and, and, uh, maybe open some doors with different techniques. But, um, uh, I joke around and say, you know, I'm, I'm going to show you some different, some different principles and maybe some different practices of what to do with horses. But ultimately you can come up with new things and come back and show me some things. Um, I don't want to limit anybody to my technique or my style as much as unlock their style with me. You know, yeah, the principles and all that are going to be in line with, with what's, what's working and, and what's proper. But as far as letting them have the creativity to, to be themselves within the scope of horsemanship, I think is very important. And I, I don't try to limit them to what I do because if I did that, you know, I'll be holding them back at the end of the day because they'll, they'll just be trying to be me and, and you'll, you'll never be as good at impersonating somebody as the, the real person. So I think it'll be you and take these different ideas and just some work ethic and make it happen. Why not? I love that. Good words to live by. Why not me? Um, Why not me? 
Why not? I, I love it. I mean, and, and great thing, you know, as a mom, great thing to go home and share with, with my kids, you know, why not you? So as much as, you know, it's you and your technique and your talent and your drive and your dedication to this sport, um, you have a horse that is, a, you know, a 50, 50 part of this equation. So tell me how you go about kind of eyeing up the next superstar horses. What are the commonalities there that you're really looking for in your futurity prospects, you know, that kind of set, set apart the men from the boys, if you will. Yeah. So when, when I'm looking at a prospect, um, of course I kind of know at this point what bloodlines seem to work, work well for me. And so, you know, I'm gravitated towards those bloodlines for sure. Um, but more important than that, I want to look at them and I want to see them, see them. And if, if, if there's not something that resonates that says, Oh, wow, that's, that's, that's me. Or there's just something, something special. And I I can't even really put a finger on it, but if, if there's not something there that, that just says, Oh, wow. Um, And it could be looks, it could be the way he moves, could be a, a whole different thing. Um, then, then I'm not, I'm not as interested. Like I, I need, I need the elite of, of the cow horses to be competitive. Cause that's who I'm, I'm my, my peers are elite. Um, so I need to see something in that horse or he needs to show me something that says, Hey, I'm special. And if, and I can't even really put it to words, but if I see that, um, I'm in. And if I don't see that, doesn't mean that he's not a nice horse and he might be, he might be that special horse for somebody else. But I try to find that for, for me and um, yeah. And then just, just go with it. And like I said, of course, bloodlines matter because I know kind of what works, but that kind of shortens the list you might say. And then from there it's, it's hey, show me your special. And if they are, I just try to foster that and, let them use their gifts and I'll use my gifts. And here we go. Let's, let's get some hard work and roll up our sleeves. And hopefully at the end of the day, it, it works. There you have it. And you've, you've had a few of those uh, more than mildly special horses over your career. Tell me about a few of the standouts that have really kind of helped to get you to where you are. Well, for the, the first one would be time for the diamond because he was one of the first yearlings that I bought um, on my own. And, um, that was kind of a funny story. Like he, he was a a one-time Pepco and they were new to the scene. And I wasn't super interested in one-time Peptos at that point, not for any particular reason. I, I just, he, he wasn't on my short list to go look at, but when I seen him in the stall, like there was just something that was like scream special to me. Um, and so I bought him. And I was like, okay, there's something to this. And he, he's an incredible horse and it worked out there. And then I just kind of took that through the years, um, and, and made that work. And yeah, it's, it's been great. Like I, I've been able to kind of re, uh, duplicate that over and over and, 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 uh, had only one or two in the last 10 years that, that didn't really hit as far as big time performers. I mean, I've had, you know, if we just think to the, the three-year-olds that I showed this year, those were yearlings that I bought. And, 
um, they, they, they got something, um, and they're, they're awful good horses. And so it's, it's, it's fun to, to be able to, I don't, I can't even explain it, but just find something in them that, that you like and, and go with it. And I, I go to the barn thinking that they're special when if, if before long they, they meet your expectations. It's, it's kind of incredible. You manifest it. That's a good strategy. I like it. Um, yep. you know, you have, you, you, you choose these horses that are incredible to begin with, or they've at least got the potential there and you're able to recognize that, but there's a big difference between recognizing potential and it, it being there kind of hovering beneath the surface and actually bringing it out and helping these horses meet their potential, you know, their genetic potential, whatever you want to call it. Um, you take incredible care of your horses uh, and you always have, and I love the way that you treat them. Um, you, like I said, you allow them to be horses. Um, but just every little piece of that puzzle is taken from a preventive perspective, um, from how you condition them, how you feed them, um, and how you treat them. It shows how you haul them. You know, there's, there's thought put behind every single piece of that, which I think is, is something that is really easy to admire of your program. So tell me a little bit about that program and those steps that you take to ensure that these horses have longevity, um, and that they do meet their potential. Yeah, every step of the way. Right. I mean, if I want them to be the superior athletes that they need to be, um, I've got to be so in tune with just their health and their well-being. And so, yeah, that's, that starts day one when, when they get here and, and just learning your horse and, and getting them, getting them on the, on the platinum and on the feed program and allowing them to blossom to reach their maximum, um, uh, fitness level and just the bloom on them and, and all those things that's going to, you know, allow them to be the best version of themselves is so important. Um, like you said, to the hauling, you know, I'm a big proponent of Ultra Guard and just knowing what's going on and, and it, it, yeah, like, hey, this, this horse today, he was, he was flicking his tail more than normal. Okay. What's going on here? Oh, okay. You know, maybe we need to, we need to back off the alfalfa a little bit give them a little bit more grass hay or whatever it is. Like we're, we're very in tune to what's, what's going on and, and let our horse tell us that something's a little off or we need to do this or, Hey, I noticed this horse is a little itchy. Okay. Let's, let's get him on some skin and allergy or this horse. He seems a little lethargic. All right, let's get him on some vitamin E and just all the little things um, that help to make that horse maximize his potential and just be as healthy and, his well-being is is huge. It's so huge. Hundred percent, absolutely, and that's something that you've always been so attuned to. And I think that you know, it's it's um, it's no no question that that's played a large role in your success. Um, is is how finely attuned you are to those horses' needs, and and then you take action on it. So it's one thing of of recognizing it, but secondly, you take the right action, which I think is is awesome. Um, so Nick, I want to, I want to round out our discussion today, talking about a little event called the snaffle bit fraturity that you've had a mild amount of success at over the years. Um, and you just, uh, I'm talking to you, what, like a matter of a few days after you just left Reno, uh, and won the whole thing at the Reno snaffle bit fraturity, um, kind of a big deal. And now you're pointed toward Fort Worth and, um, and that iteration of the NRCHA snaffle bit fraturity. So, 
tell me a little bit about this event um, and what it has meant to your career. And congratulations on the win, by the way. Hot off the presses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thank you. Uh, uh, yeah, thank you very much. Um, this National Bird Fraternity, it's, it's for three-year-olds. And like we talked earlier, you're doing three different events. And so um, there's, there's a lot these horses need to learn. Um, and that part of the process is, is really fun. Just, just being able to, to teach your horse, get them solid, get them confident at all three events is, it's pretty special. And, um, it's easy to do too much and it's easy to not do enough. And so just finding out where that balance between that competitive balance and doing what's right for, for your horse's longevity and all those things in mind, it's a never ending process and it's, it's fun to kind of have a chance to, to repeat that process year in and year out and find, find what works in, in maximizing your horse's potential for that two weeks. Um, it's, it's huge. It's huge. And I don't think there's not a, there's not an end to what you can do in, in the, the amount of, uh, detail and just being aware of, of how your horse is feeling going into it. And I think, you know, like since Reno and since the pre-fraternity, my horses have shown me that they're capable to, to mark the big scores performance-wise they're capable. So now more than ever, it's okay. Let's make sure everything is completely on point. Okay. We noticed that this horse he gets to a show, he gets a little bit more dehydrated um, than the others. Okay, let's start him on electrolytes early to get him uh, a little bit more hydrated. Okay, we know that this horse, he, he gets tired faster. Okay, let's get him on some, some B12 and just all these little things to just maximize what we have going in there and, and try to uh, do our horses justice to what they are is, is the name of the game now. It's the training isn't done because there's little things you can do, but now to me, it's about getting the horse as confident as they possibly can be in what they know and making sure from a physical standpoint that they are just doing their absolute best so that they can, they can perform their best. That's, that's kind of my, my last couple weeks, week into the fraternity is, Hey, let's, let's maximize what we have here and see what happens. No, I think that's an awesome way to look at it. And there's so many little intricacies that it takes, the small steps that add up to big, big leaps, big things. Um, and you certainly know how to do that, which is pretty cool. And I think so many people take for granted that these are babies, they're three-year-olds. And, and so it's really a cool thing when you can pay such attention to not only getting them to the finish line with so much success, um, at the snaffle bit maturity, but I feel like you've always been so good at having longevity on your mind. So these are not three-year-olds that make it to the fraternity and they come out not sound or, you know, anything like that. These are horses that are in your lineup for a long, long time because you've taken such amazing steps to create durable athletes. And I think that's awesome. That's a great thing to do. And a really cool thing to watch as are so many of the things that you and your family do, Nick. So 
I really appreciate you being on with me today and letting our listeners have a little bit of a glimpse behind the curtain of Dyer Nevada and, and Nick Dowers, um, like we've gotten the opportunity to do over the years. And we wish you so much success in Fort Worth um, down there. And I don't think I need to wish you a dang thing. I think you're going to, you're going to get it on your own, like you always do, but know that we're all standing behind you and cheering you on. Um, and it's going to be really special to watch you. So thanks for joining me today. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Pleasure being on. You bet. Okay. We'll tell Jackie and the whole family. Hi from, from the platinum family. And for those of, of you listening, we really appreciate you joining us. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Nick Dowers and join us on the next episode of it starts within I'm Jesse Bangoa. And until then take care y'all. 